One of the things that our food demon tells us is that we can start later. You know, next year we'll be at the same starting point anyway, so you might as well wait a year. You'll have some fun. Start this next year. It'll be fine. The truth is, in the research that I've seen, is that as we age, a lot of these things get worse if you, if you don't address them. And certainly, we know by the principles of neuroplasticity that if you continue to – every night that you have chocolate after 8 o'clock, you're setting up patterns and associations that are reinforced – that make it harder to quit tomorrow, to quit next week, to quit next year. The easiest time to quit is right now. Mm -hmm. the, the easiest thing to do is to say that the last bite of chocolate you had after eight o'clock was last night. That's the easiest thing to do. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out this old school episode of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We're going to jump into the ATF DeLorean and take you back in time. But before we do that, uh, I want to share uh, our gratitude with you guys for uh, doing what you're doing. Keep uh, sharing this podcast and giving us those rating reviews. We can tell that you guys are doing so um, and we're very appreciative of that because our download numbers are going up each week. So keep doing that. Like I said, all you got to do is get the link, send it to a friend, and boom, you've done your part. Also, a little rating and review in the iTunes and Apple Podcasts never hurts. All right. So please enjoy this old school episode of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and checking out a very special, one-of-the-kind episode of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast. Ooh, tell me more. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you what else is one-of-a-kind. It's the addicted to fitnesspodcast.com website. It's one of a kind, folks. There and only there will you find information uh, about our preferred products, our ATF approved products. We got a shop page right there for you guys to check out with all our affiliate links, Stick Mobility, the Hemp Coffee Exchange, and then, of course, our Amazon approved products. Yep. And then, of course, the ever popular show notes which go into more detail about each of these episodes that we have for you guys each week. Yeah, which I actually love in podcasts because I'm always like, oh, they talked about this one thing in that podcast and I like to go back and find it is hard. But guess what? You don't have to replay and replay and replay, although you can. Yep, and we like that. That's fine. <laughs> but we make it really convenient and very easy for you to access all the good stuff yes. we're talking about right in the show notes yeah and there's some exclusive pictures up there too that we yeah. try to throw in our show notes so make sure you guys check that out uh and if you do like a particular episode do us a favor and share it with a friend uh sharing is caring according to shannon yes and also you guys just give us that rating and review and when you do We'll throw your names out and give you a shout-out on the podcast on a future episode. So, as I mentioned, I don't want to keep Shannon in suspense, and maybe you guys in suspense, <laughs> too. Uh, this is a very unique episode uh, today. Um, I actually undergo, or you guys will listen to, a coaching session and where I'm getting coached. So, I'm not doing the coaching. I'm actually getting coached by a recent guest of the podcast, Dr. Glenn Livingston. Uh, oh, for you yes. guys who may not remember, he was on the show about six weeks ago, uh, probably about seven weeks ago now, uh, end of July. And Dr. Glenn is a veteran psychologist and the author of the Never Binge book, 
uh, focusing on uh, food food addictions and food struggles, uh, and he has a very unique approach to helping people, I guess, conquer their food struggles. Yeah. Um, so he takes it, obviously, being a psychologist. And you guys, uh, if you want to learn about more about Dr. Glenn, don't go back and listen to that episode. We'll put the link in the show notes. And he takes it from the psychological... Psychological? Psychological. Thank you. the word you're looking for. He takes it from really from a psychological uh, viewpoint about how you can really help your eating habits. So if you're having detrimental eating habits, if you're maybe fighting obesity and you think, oh, it's portion control, it's calorie in, calorie out, you think you got to do things like that, uh, it, you might be better off listening to this podcast to know about the really the psychology behind why you're making certain food choices and why you can't stop making possibly detrimental food choices. Yeah, and it's it's one of those, He's he talks a lot about um, the reasoning, I think like, you know, so many people get hung up on food and like have kind of a, an unhealthy relationship with right. food because it ties back to things that have happened in your life and yep. how you use food and like various times. And I thought that his, um, his last podcast episode was really helpful, but yeah. it also made me think and it probably, probably overthink, let's be honest, about how I'm like introducing and trying to encourage Ella's relationship with food and really looking at looking at it like that versus just oh here's some food just you know here consume this consume right. this like I'm really trying to be careful and looking at it as like a psychological thing like will you have a good relationship with food I'm going to do everything I can to make it a good relationship right no and that's huge and uh, we kind of we dive into my background with my relationship with food uh throughout my life early age you know teenage teenage years college years yeah now the real so, interesting years right okay. so <laughs> yes it's very it's a very great i i'm very proud of this podcast because um i love the aspect of being coached um but also we don't just talk about my food struggles we get into uh kind of more life yeah yeah we got not and not I guess kind of life struggles, but also more kind of uh, why I make the choices. I, why am I making the choices? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we start kind of we, we have it related to food, but then we kind of uh, kind of expand from there. So it gets really big, and in my opinion, it gets pretty deep about some uh, some more than just food in this episode. So I'm really happy about it. I'm really proud to share it with you guys. I can't wait to listen. <laughs> All right, we're not going to leave wife, you guys. I'm pretty excited and co-host. Yes, exactly. So, guys, uh, without further ado, please enjoy this coaching session with Dr. Glenn Livingston. Today we have a really special somewhat interview episode. I'm actually kind of getting interviewed today. Um, Dr. Glenn Livingston is back on the podcast with us today, and he's actually going to take me through a coaching session, kind of similar what he does for his clients that are having issues with binge eating and, and or emotional eating. So I want to welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Glenn Livingston. How are you doing, Dr. Glenn? Hey, Dr. Nick. How are you? It's nice to see you. <laughs> wow. Uh, I w- my mother wishes it was Dr. Nick. Trust me. So yeah, uh, maybe fine. one day. Maybe one day I'll go back and get my PhD. But I appreciate you coming back on with us today. Sure. 
Sure. So, what, yeah. what, we're, what, we're do, what we're doing today is coaching, not doctoring. Okay. J- just for the record, but – of course, yeah, and please, okay. uh, I'd love you to take over the role of uh, the doctor as you do, and uh, I will de- happily be your patient today. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. coach, well, I'll be your coach. At- yeah, I'll be your coach. I'll be your uh, your whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. It's you, you, you and I talking for a little bit is what there it is. Go. So, Nick, for the benefit of your listeners who might not have heard the first episode, I'm taking Nick through a process that we outline in our book at neverbingeagain.com. You can get a copy for free and Kindle Nook or PDF there if you want to. And um, Nick, first, I, I want to know, what do you think about the idea of kind of the angel on your shoulder or devil on your shoulder approach to looking at things? Uh, I think it's very um, accurate. Um, I, I can tell personally that um, I used to be overweight also i had a, my own uh i wasn't quite to the uh medically defined obese level but i was certainly overweight and headed towards obese and it was almost uh a lot of uh it, the way i ate was almost unconscious decision i would just eat automatically without even thinking not mindful eating um and now i'm much more mindful and then those choices kind of like you illustrated as either devil on my shoulder or angel on my shoulder is very realistic to me when I go into grocery stores or convenience stores and I have to make the choice should I buy you know for me it's peanut M&Ms are my kind of my crutch or my my naughty my food but I always have that one side of me that says go for it one side of me that says you should you don't need it leave it there yeah and that's great and what tends to happen when people actually change their eating is they figured out how to get the angel to win most of the time. That, that's what they figured out. That's really what Never Binge Again is about. Would you be willing to give the destructive side of your food thinking a name? So maybe it's your food demon, maybe it's your inner binge brain. What, what would you call it? Yeah, I, I don't want to steal. You know, I'm trying to think of something creative, but... Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, probably yeah the, the 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 food demon. That sounds like a good one. Food demon. I like that. Okay. Okay. And what is it that you'd like to change about your eating? If there was a rule you could adopt that would make a difference, what what would it be? Um, I really like. Uh, I would say more of a, a schedule to my eating. Uh, sometimes I break down, especially at nighttime. Uh, when I'm done, the day, the day is pretty much over. My, my, my schedule for the day has finally come to a close and I can kind of relax. And when I relax, I also let my guard down as far as food choices. Um, and then I'm more apt to make choices that aren't, aren't necessarily in my, uh, in the same, I guess, uh, what I wouldn't classify as healthy, eat healthy eating. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell the audience a couple of things about nighttime eating, and we'll get right to work on that. Sure. What we find with nighttime eating is that because willpower is a fatigable muscle, it's not like a, it's not like an on and off switch that some people have and some people don't. It's more like gas in the tank, and what fatigues it are decision making, make, making decisions all day long. There are only so many good food decisions you can make over the course of the day. There are only so many good decisions that you can make over the course of the day. As a matter of fact, 
we find that you can run out of gas if you're asked to do too many mental tasks that have nothing to do with food. People have trouble resisting marshmallows if we ask them to do math problems first. So it's not unusual that people start out the day with the best of plans and then at the end of the day they just don't have the willpower to keep going. That's why you want to try to make your important food decisions in the morning, lay out your food for you. It's also why we want to look at things that are a little more rules-based as opposed to guidelines. When you adopt a guideline that says, well, you know, I will, I, I will try to avoid chocolate. Well, if you try to avoid chocolate, then, or even if you say I'll avoid chocolate 90% of the time, every time you're in front of a chocolate bar, you have to ask yourself, is this part of the 90% or the 10%? You have to make another food decision and you're setting yourself up for a situation where your willpower is constantly fatigued. On the other hand, if you say, I never eat chocolate Monday through Friday, and I never eat chocolate after 12 noon, then your decisions about chocolate have been made as a matter of character. You're, you're basically saying, I'm the kind of person who doesn't eat chocolate during the week, and I only eat chocolate before noon. You, you've made decisions as a matter of character, and then because you've decided that that's the kind of person you are, you don't have to wear down your willpower all day long and you have an easier time when the nighttime comes around. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. Okay, okay. But I know that your food demon says that it's not possible, but if it were possible, what would your rule be about nighttime eating? What would be the ideal behavior that you would engage in with regards to nighttime eating? Uh, I would say if uh, kind of going off the the rule template you gave i think probably no no chocolate after 8 p.m. would be a good and that's and that's kind of always no chocolate after 8 p.m. okay so i'll never eat chocolate after 8 p.m. again yes is that the is, it, is that the only thing that gives you trouble in the evening uh, that's that's the main one. Um, because usually I I I do eat my dinner toward later in the evening. Um, just the way my schedule is. Um, but when it talks about and usually those are my health, those are still within my healthy boundaries that I've uh, prescribed for myself. Um, but then it's when those adding after the meal, after the dinner, it's adding those things like the chocolate. Um. I believe I also um, I'm not a. I've also has another rule, another rule that I've done uh, ice cream. I love ice cream, but I've done pretty well of keeping it to one day a week. So it's kind of uh, also one of those rules that you've uh, kind of already described earlier about uh, only so and so for me it's ice cream on Fridays that's kind of my rule but usually it's honestly it's chocolate after 8 is kind of really my big my big crutch as of right now okay so you'll never eat chocolate after 8pm again that's the one that we want to we get to mm -hmm. um, if you didn't have chocolate after 8 o'clock just like take a breath for a second if you didn't have chocolate after 8 o'clock for a whole year can you imagine getting in trouble with food in any other way? And you're having ice cream once per calendar week. Uh, I mean, besides, 
I know uh, I hate saying besides special occasions because that's another slippery slope, but I know sometimes when we have uh, my wife loves baking. Um, so if sometimes if we have din- uh, dessert, she bakes a dessert or creates a dessert, uh, it would probably be after, and this goes outside of chocolate, but it would definitely be those things would probably be, would I could see those superseding my, uh, my established rules. So. So would you like to make an exception for those situations? Sure. So I'll never eat chocolate after 8 p.m. again unless – unless what? Unless it is a holiday. Okay. So except for holidays. Mm-hmm. Any, any holiday or any particular holidays? Well, I would say mo- <laughs> uh, it's. I would say any holiday. Yeah, okay, I mean, so that- I, it's not every holiday, but it's definitely. I would. I. I can't prescribe. I can't. I can't give you which ones individually, but I would say every holiday would probably be a good catch-all for all that. Did you ever watch Seinfeld? I did. Do you remember Festivus? Of course. Yeah. So Fest- Festivus counts, right? Yes, Festivus for the rest of us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, except for holidays. What other exceptions? That's that. I mean, I'm trying to think because um, obviously I have the ice cream rule, which I'm pretty good on. And we don't. And I and one thing that one way I've found to stay away from that or keep that rule is don't buy ice cream when we go grocery shopping. So we're mm-hmm. that's pretty much off the grocery list constantly. Um, so uh, it's the the chocolate rule after eight is great. Um, it's I don't know if because I think I outlined this I really kind of run into problems when I go to a grocery store or a convenience store store like during the day uh, when I have some time in between sessions with clients uh, I'll go and maybe grab a coffee somewhere but then I'll start drifting towards the candy aisle or something like that and then I'm I'm constantly battling with myself okay so your your food demon starts to squeal when you're in the store like that and you have a coffee do you think you need to regulate coffee in any way in order to prevent that or is that just a squeal we need to identify and learn to ignore i'm trying to define the ideal set of rules rules for you now and we'll deal with complying with them in a little bit right i i don't you know i i i love coffee and but i've done I can't. I don't. I don't know. It's all. It's all. You know, kind of relative. But I feel like I've done a good job regulating to one cup in the morning and one cup in the afternoon. Um, but I don't know if maybe I need to cut off, cut off the afternoon cup because that's usually when I get into. Usually I go to Whole Foods, get coffee there, and then when I'm in Whole Foods, I start milling around, and that's when occasionally I I break down and buy uh, you know something uh, some sweet stuff. So take a breath for a second, Nick. Do, do you want to have a rule that cuts coffee off in the afternoon or not? Honestly, no. Okay. Okay. Do you want to try it like this and then we could do a follow-up in a month or two if you're still having trouble? Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I kind of thought that was going to be overdoing it for you. Okay. <laughs> So basically, you'll never eat chocolate after 8 p.m. except for holidays, and you'll have ice cream no more than one calendar day per week. 
Can you get in trouble with food if you follow those two rules? Serious trouble with food? I do not believe so. Okay. Well, what I want you to do is imagine that it's a whole year from now. And Nick, I know that your food doing says this is impossible, but you followed these rules to the letter. It's a whole year from now. Tell me what's different in your life. Your life is going to be different in some significant way because you follow these rules. What's, what's going to be different? Uh, probably have a little bit more change in my pocket since I'm not buying chocolate as often. Um, also, um, I'm enjoying possibly like emotionally looking forward more or I don't know, not looking more forward. I don't think that's right. The proper grammar, but looking more anticipation for holidays, um, since they're, I know linking them because to chocolate especially, but you know, it, it, that, that might be a be little, a little bit, treat. Yeah. Be a little treat for you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I guess making a more anticipation for holidays, even though they're a special time already, even more anticipation for holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also since I'm always paying attention to, uh, you know, nutrition research, um, I know about the benefits of, uh, or what I believe the benefits are, you know, not eating things high in sugar close to bedtime, how it could affect your, um, you know, or how could it benefit your, you know, um, blood markers, controlling insulin levels and, uh, not having inflammatory, you know, inflammatory, processes happening in your body right before you go to bed uh so it can you know in my opinion help prolong life and make me healthier overall mm-hmm. so you'll have more confidence in your health mm-hmm. let, let less information lower insulin levels better blood markers which blood markers well i know probably right um Fasting glucose, um, I know that can affect fast. Even though mine is mine's relatively no, low now, uh, it's within you know the low range. But obviously, um, especially my family, my family has high. But um, I would say I have hereditary um, or people in my family. Sorry, that have susceptible to cancer. So it's very possible that I have uh, genetic predisposition predisposition to having cancer later on in life or and or I know I have high cholesterol already so I'm sure uh, any infl- in any inflammation could increase the likelihood of developing some sort of metabolic syndrome and or um, uh, cancer associated with those two kind of uh, blood markers Got it. So you would be less concerned about sugar metabolic problems. You'd be less concerned about cardiovascular problems, and you'd less be less concerned about cancer. Yes, that's a significant trifecta right there. I believe. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else will be better in a year? So what, what about say? your confidence? What about your energy level? What about your sleep? Oh yeah, sleep. Um, I think that's obviously. I know. Uh, that could always be better. Um, probably, you know, staying up because I, I know for a fact dark chocolate because I eat dark chocolate, but it has a small amount of not caffeine, but a caffeine like um, I think it's antioxidant or somewhat. So I know that's probably maybe preventing me from falling asleep faster or falling asleep quicker when I go to bed now. Mm-hmm. Um, so eliminating that could help, like you said, more recovery, more uh, better sleep, which is important for me now that I'm training more individuals, I'm more um, busier and I'm also getting more uh, fatigued, both you know, kind of physically and mentally. So sleep is very important. 
Gotcha. Okay. So you'd be you'd be more productive at work. You'd be less fatigued. You'd be able to get deeper, better sleep. What else? What about your relationships? What about your other, like your mental clarity at work? Anything like that? I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just want to make sure I check all the areas. No, I think that I think that kind of. Uh as you mentioned with the, the recovery, having more time to recovery during the night, the more better sleep, it would also lead to better emotional um, just health um, the following day, um, better relationships with my – or better – even better, I guess, improving the relationships I currently have with both my wife and my clients and coworkers. Um, so overall, improving those relationships I believe can have uh, – obviously a synergistic effect on my overall well-being too so the mm. better i'm the better i am as a father son friend or trainer uh that those the reciprocal nature of the relationship those people i feel like will it'll, it'll improve our relationship and improve my health overall i love it okay um what about your confidence in yourself as a leader? What about your ability to influence other people? What about all that? That's I think that's a big part of it too because after I see the benefits of it and realize how not easy it is to live without it but how better I am as a person living without it or, or adhering to the rules, um, I could also kind of relay personal experience to those individuals. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of that, you know, that I I use right now, I rely on right now, and I know people, my clients, um, and hopefully people who listen to this podcast, um, they kind of rely on having that that background knowledge to uh, be confident in the advice that I give, and I want to be, I want to also be you know, more knowledgeable and have the experience to better be more comfortable and more confident myself with giving out that information. Can I ask you on a more personal level, what, why is what you do important to you? Why do you want to influence other people? Uh, it's probably recent, the last several years, it's, I've reached that stage in my life where I, I, whenever the time is up, I don't want to just be remembered. I do definitely want to be remembered by my family and friends, but I want to kind of leave more of a legacy. Mm, which Stephen I, Covey says. What's that? Sorry. Stephen Covey says leave a legacy is one of the fundamental needs in life. Yeah. Right. So I've discovered that that's um, one of my life goals is mm-hmm. to leave something when I, you know, when I'm gone, I'm not, hopefully there's, there's some, uh, a little bit of a, a footprint or something left of me that people can uh, go back to and remember and uh, still benefit from generations from now. The world's a better place because you were here. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I, I bet it already is. But <laughs> it will make it even stronger. What happens if you don't do this? What happens if you just keep eating chocolate when you feel like it at night and eat ice cream more than one day per calendar week? What? What happens if you just let this go? What's going to happen in a year or two years or five years? I think, well, it's it's certainly the potential to ha- have all those improvements we just outlined is is much lower. Um, mm-hmm. And 
reaching my ultimate goal of leaving a legacy, which we just kind of we just discussed, uh, that that reduces the probability of that happening because <laughs> I'm not working or I'm not. Obviously, the chances are still there, but if I can be a better, you know, better overall in all facets of life, the chances of me leaving a bigger footprint are more a footprint. Excuse me, are more likely than not. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. What about your blood markers and the inflammatory processes and the insulin levels and the risk of cancer and heart disease and all that kind of stuff? Uh, they'll probably be staying. They won't be. It's the, the potentially not improving, uh, potentially getting worse since I'm getting older. Um, the the more likelihood that um, you know the uh, conditions, you know, I, my body's not apt to repair itself. So instead of getting more rest or uh, improving my resting, my fasting glucose and my cholesterol levels, it could be going the opposite direction. So overall, it's it's I'm. Deteriorating, de- uh, not deteriorating, but it's you know it's I'm not improving my health. I'm essentially kind of either keeping stagnant, but also uh, the more potential for um, you know, I guess not not in well, I mean injuring myself too. I'm I'm handicapping myself essentially when I don't make the changes. Yeah, one of the things that our food demon tells us is that we can start later. You know, next year we'll be at the same starting point anyway, so you might as well wait a year. You'll have some fun. Start this next year. It'll be fine. The truth is, in the research that I've seen, is that as we age, a lot of these things get worse if you, if you don't address them. And certainly, we know by the principles of neuroplasticity that if you continue to... Every night that you have chocolate after 8 o'clock... You're setting up patterns and associations that are reinforced that make it harder to quit tomorrow, to quit next week, to quit next year. The easiest time to quit is right now. Mm-hmm. The, the easiest thing to do is to say that the last bite of chocolate you had it after 8 o'clock was last night. That's the easiest thing to do. Uh, our, our pig likes to tell us that it doesn't really matter, but it, it actually does. You're, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. That's what we, that's what we see with addiction. Does it make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay, but you, you kind of came to that yourself. I just wanted to clarify what you're saying. Okay. Well, why don't we give your food demon a chance? We've been looking at all of Nick's goals and all the reasons for this. And how does this all feel, by the way, now that you've looked it, at all this? It feels very good. Obviously, getting out, saying it verbally, especially bouncing it off someone like yourself, it, it it's very um, – I hate to say therapeutic, but it is. It's it's more, and it all helps me realize uh, what I the potential for improvements that I'm missing out on. Good, good, good. Okay, so now let's give your food demon a chance. The food demon is going to tell us all the reasons that you can't, shouldn't, or won't adopt this new rule. All the reasons why you should continue eating chocolate after eight o'clock whenever you feel like it for the rest of your life. That's what. That's what we want the food demon to tell us. What does it have to say? Well, I think uh, probably first off, what you know, just looking at blood markers. The last in the last year, my cholesterol has gone down uh, seventy points. Um, my rest, or excuse me, fasting glucose is in the very low range. Um, all the uh, another indicator I didn't mention early, but uh, earlier. 
was, you know, uh, they have markers. I can't remember which ones it's specifically about the likelihood of developing diabetes is essentially non-existent current as my current state. So I don't have to worry about my, my food demon probably would say, I don't have to worry about developing diabetes or any other, possibly any other metabolic syndromes that relate to insulin control. Um, obviously I've been one, one fifty. I've floated between one fifty five and one sixty for the last, I'll probably say three or four years. I uh, haven't really gained weight or lost more than that weight in the last five or four or five, three or four years. Sorry, and um, so the likelihood of me just going off the deep ends is probably maybe the chances are a lot slimmer as far as putting weight back on because I'm I've been doing so well. You know, as of right now, I've been doing awesome. Um, so basically, your food demon says. You're healthy enough. You you can afford to keep doing this as long as you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be probably his his main uh, his main kind of crux of the uh, his argument to keep doing things. And then obviously from the emotional standpoint, I guess from a relationship standpoint, you know, I think he's like you know my wife and I have been together or are. Sorry, this is um, now I got to think back of our. We just had our second anniversary, second uh-huh. anniversary. So I think we're going out, going on to our third, third wedding anniversary. Sorry, I hope hopefully I got that right. <laughs> and then uh, and you know we have a baby now, so I'm a dad now, and uh, so I've been. Uh, I guess he he would probably the food demon would probably tell me that I'm a great dad and I I can keep you know just keep doing that I've been getting more clients uh, more personal training clients and being able to maintain and uh, retain uh, clients so as far as my relationships um, they're either building and or staying strong so I think that's probably one uh, one aspect he might go after. So the crux of that argument is that everything is going well in all your relationships. Mm-hmm. Therefore, there's no need to change or improve. Is that what the therefore statement is? I would say so, yes. I don't want to put words in your mouth, though. What? So if your personal training business is going well and you're a great dad and a great husband and you're maintaining relationships with clients and bringing new people on – then why is that a justification to keep eating chocolate at night? Uh, uh, I don't know if it's the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay, good enough is good enough. <laughs> we don't have to – okay. Right. Okay. Enough is good enough. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. My grandfather used to say that. <laughs> He also used to say that if you don't know where you're going, you'll wind up someplace else. That's good. Okay. <laughs> what else does your food demon say? Reasons why you should continue eating chocolate whenever you feel like it at night? I'm trying to think all aspects we talked about. I know we discussed, you know, blood markers and and whatnot, um, and then our relationships. And obviously, what? sorry, go ahead. Well, you're, you've made a fairly serious commitment here, and your food demon would like you to continue to eat chocolate late at night, and it's facing the possibility of only getting to do that on holidays forever. This is kind of its last shot. What, what does it have to say? 
it's it's tough i I don't know what he would say besides those things, kind of cite those, you know, trying essentially citing that everything is going awesome right now. Why, you know, why divert from the current path you're on? Um, okay. I, I feel like that would be his main argument. Um, and, you know, a little bit here won't hurt. I'm sure he'll probably argue, you know, you can go ahead. Why, why be so strict? You know, why don't you do it on holidays and weekends instead of, you know, every day or only, you know, nothing after eight and only on holidays. Why don't you do nothing after eight on weekends and holidays? You know, try to compromise, essentially, would probably be a tactic uh, the food demon would use. To to flip the rule. Yeah. Okay. Okay. By the way, I want you to call the food demon an it. Okay. It doesn't deserve. It doesn't deserve the dignity of a human pronoun because it only has destructive aims in mind. By definition, gotcha. Okay. Okay, Nick. I want you to jump back up into your higher brain, where that angel lives, and I want you to find the lies. There are always lies in the food demon's reasons. So I want you to help me find the lies here. And if you need help, then you can ask. But it's better if you find them. When the food demon says your blood markers are down 70 points and fasting glucose is in the low range and you have almost no diabetes risk and your weight is between 155 and 160 for years, the odds of you going off the deep end are infinitesimally small. You're healthy enough. You can afford to keep doing this as long as you feel like it. Where's the lie in that? Well, I mean, it's if, as far as blood markers are concerned, I mean, if I go off the... The deep end and I those those blood markers can change very quickly. It, it doesn't take a lot, even though I probably built up um, uh, insulin sensitivity. Uh, it's very easily, especially with the processed food we have nowadays, to change that quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, so I know that for a fact that's a lie um, because I've been I've I went through the the yo yo of. Uh, at one point in my life of skinny to heavy and skinny to heavy. So I know it's very possible to slip back into that, to a unhealthy state. Okay. Very good. So the food demon's lying about that. Mm-hmm. When the pig says, I'm well, sorry, when the food demons, I, I call mine a pig. Mm-hmm. When, when, when your food demon says that, Everything's going great with your wife. You're a great husband, a great dad. Your personal business training is going really well. You're getting new clients. You're keeping the old ones. All your relationships are either building or staying strong. There's no need to change or improve anything. Good enough is good enough. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Where's the lie in that? Well, I, I think personally that's that's more of a – I don't want to say this word. I, I guess it's a – it's it, it's the status quo type of perspective, uh-huh. um, and status quo uh, people who kind of tow the sta- or subscribe to the status quo rarely, I think, leave a lasting impression on uh, individuals. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I think that's a lie uh, in the the in the sense that you know status quo isn't going to doesn't jive with my desire to uh, leave a legacy. Very good. One of the ways that I understand that is that average in our world is awful. Good enough in terms of what 
people actually accept for themselves with regards to their health. Like, the average person is tacitly agreeing with the rest of society to slowly kill themselves with food. So status quo, that, just what you said, just exactly what you said. Okay. And the pig said, everything is going awesome. Why would you want to divert from the current path that you're on? Where's the lie in that? Well, it's it, – it, someone like myself i've you know i've discovered and i think through luckily through my my mom who's been a student her whole life and just got her phd a couple of years ago uh is that you you're always improving and learning so trying to think that you're done um a, a finished project is also not um I guess conducive, or uh, it doesn't. It's not. Uh, it doesn't. Won't allow. It won't allow you to improve. Um, just uh, uh, like I said, thinking that you're a, a finished product is uh, almost goes back to being status quo. Um, if you want, you're, sorry, go ahead. Well, you're saying it. I'm just going to give you some different words for it. You're, you're a guy who pursues constant and never-ending improvement mm -hmm. so that you can leave a legacy and be a role model for the people that you love and care about. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and all of these lazy demon arguments that everything is going awesome, good enough is good enough, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, those are all status quo arguments. Mm -hmm. Those are all arguments of people who are going to live an average life, and there's nothing about your life that you want to be average. Correct. Yeah. What about the pig when it says a little bit, when it says, the food demon, when it says a little bit won't hurt, so don't be so strict. Hey, let's flip the whole thing and just let's only not have chocolate at night on holidays and weekends, and we'll have chocolate all the, all the other days instead. What do you think? Where's the lie in that? Well, I think it's obviously a lie in the whole sense that it's, it's deception, um, that the the fact that if you uh, especially when something like the food demon if you give it uh, an inch it's going to take a yard um and I'm sorry to be keep using clichés and everything but it's it, it it's a if you start making compromises you'll never stop i feel like i feel like it's mu or it's much easier to keep making compromises till once and then finally the, the food rules are no longer. Yeah. Like Jim Rohn said, a life of discipline is better than a life of regret. Mm -hmm. And if you keep looking for new disciplines, you become stronger and stronger and stronger. And the opposite way is a slippery slope. And the status quo doesn't really exist. People are usually either getting better or getting worse. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Well, Nick, how confident are you that you're never going to have chocolate again after 8 p.m. except for holidays? One to a hundred. Uh, I would say seventy-five. Tell uh, me about the other. Tell okay. Sorry, the twenty, the other twenty-five. Um, I know, just the way kind of. I feel like, like you said, it's the, that fatigue, that that willpower fatigue. I know I'm definitely susceptible to that. I know, and I don't know. I'm sure there's. I, I, I'm sure I can work on that, and I think maybe subscribe, but you know, adhering to the rules will help me build. Maybe, even though I know it's fatigable, maybe it'll allow me to improve my my willpower cardio to a certain extent. And, um, uh, but I know, I feel like there it's the possibility that I could 
three or f- three, four, you know, whatever the ratio is, you know, one out of four times I could break down. I don't know if that's days or one out of four weeks, once w- once a week, every month or something, I might break down. Um, that's, that's the likelihood. Probably more, I'm, I feel I'm more apt to not break down, but I, I know I'm aware that that's a ves- definitely a possibility. So should we tell your food demon that it only has to try four times in order to get you to break? Uh, no. I don't want to tell it anything. I don't want to give it any more uh, insight than it already has. So, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know since it's in my brain and it is my my food demon. I don't know if that's possible to lie to your food demon, but um, well, there are two things we could do here. What one thing is, what you're really saying here is that I have in the past, so I will in the future. I I, I know that I've broken down, and I I don't want to say never because what if I make a mistake and then I feel bad about it. So the problem with it is it's, um, it's kind of like getting married and saying, you know, three out of four times, I'm sure that I can resist sleeping with other women. But on that fourth try, they're going to wear my willpower down. Have you seen the gorgeous women out there? Have you, have you seen them? You expect me to res- resist that every time. Your, your wife wouldn't be too happy with that kind of a commitment, right? You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like setting out to climb a mountain and thinking, well, maybe I will and maybe I won't. What happens is that that doubt and insecurity, that uncertainty about it, it wears down your mental energy as you climb the mountain. And it's easier to turn around and go back than it is to keep climbing. Now, on the other hand, if you set out to climb the mountain and you make a mistake and you fall down, you don't want to say, oh, my God, I'm a pathetic mountain climber. I might as well roll all the way back down to the bottom. You would just get up and figure out what you did wrong. Maybe you need to go back and try again because you didn't have enough water or food or you didn't leave yourself enough daylight or something like that. But you wouldn't say you're a pathetic mountain climber and just roll all the way back down. You'd analyze what went wrong and you do it again. When you're setting out to climb the mountain, if you want to reach the top, you need to visualize yourself on the top, right? With certainty, you need to have a certain commitment to reaching the top. When an archer shoots at the bullseye, that archer visualizes the arrow going into the bullseye before they let go of the arrow so that the doubt and uncertainty don't distract them from the goal. You can use all your energy towards the goal. So there's a, there's a dual mindset that we have when we're pursuing the goal. I call it committing with perfection, but forgiving yourself with dignity. So you want to take mistakes seriously, but you want to forgive yourself rel- relatively quickly. Otherwise, the food demon will use the opportunity to make you feel too weak to resist the next binge. And so here's how that works in this case. You have a long history of eating chocolate after 8 p.m. So those neurological patterns are there. You know that you've fallen prey to them before. But if you want to stop doing that, then you can declare yourself arbitrarily. You're not waiting for yourself to feel 100% confident, but you can declare yourself 100% confident because you're committed to reaching the goal. And then when when the food demon says, well, you did in the past, so you're going to do it in the future, you can recognize that as a squeal 
that's the the food demon making some noise and then you can hop back up into your right brain into your angel's brain and and make the right decision if you want to mm -hmm. so while we can't cut out your midbrain we can't take out the part of your brain that's addicted to eating chocolate after eight o'clock we can 100% commit to separating our identities, our human identities, from that of the food demon. And that's the trick of Never Binge Again. That's the way that the game is played. It's a very aggressive game. It's, it's, um, it's in the, at this stage, it's a bit of a leap of faith. You're not supposed to feel 100% confident. You're supposed to intellectually believe that it's possible and make the declaration and then every time you hear a craving or a thought that you might do this, you assign it to the food demon and say, I don't want that. My food demon does. And I'm the one in control. I'm not going to let the demon tell me what to do. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. How confident are you that you're never going to eat chocolate except for holidays after 8 p.m. again? 100%. Are you? With that, with that, with that type of thinking that you just outlined, yes. 100% confident. The way most people say that is that I'm 100% confident even if my food demon has other ideas. Okay. I think I, I, I think that's probably realistic way, a better real a more realistic way of me saying yes, I'm 100% confident, but I know my food demon's going to test me um, and if I do, as you I think you're saying was, you know, commit to perfection but forgive with dignity. Um not knowing that that's there because I don't want to use that as kind of a uh, excuse, but knowing that um, I'm 100% dedicated to getting to the top, essentially. Yeah, and if you are, if you were an archer, and whenever you missed the bullseye, you got up and aimed again with perfection, committed with perfection. The way our neurology is set up, we are learning machines. So if you get up quickly and you aim at the bullseye again. You'll, you'll get closer and closer to the bullseye. What happens with most people is they say, well, I can't commit with perfection because I'll beat myself up if I make a mistake. Or I can't possibly know what I'm never going to do again. But there are all sorts of things you're never going to do again. You're never going to kick a policeman in the tushy. You're never going to pee in your mother-in-law's living room. I mean, I hope you're not going to pee in no, your... No, definitely not. <laughs> um, there are all sorts of things that we never do on a habitual basis as a matter of character. And we're just talking about building in one more habitual character pattern mm -hmm. into your personality. That's yeah. what we're doing. The last thing is, we don't tell your food demon this, but you can change this if you want to. So as you evolve and learn, you might find that 7 p.m. works better or 9 p.m. works better. Mm -hmm. But we present the plan, we present the rules to the food demon as if they were set in stone. And the same way that we pr would tell a two-year-old child that they can't cross the street without holding her hands, ever, 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 ever. Little Sarah, you can never cross the street without holding my hand first because you don't want little Sarah distracted by even the thought or the image that she could dart into the street by herself. It's, it's too dangerous for a two-year-old. For a seven or an eight-year-old, you can begin to teach them to look both ways and cross by themselves. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to tell them gee, you know, when you're seven or eight years old, I'm going to teach you how to do that because then they're going to start thinking, gee, maybe I can do it now. So you present to the, to the food demon that is set in stone, but you know that if you need to, you can change it later because the food demon acts like a two-year-old around food. 
Right. Does it make sense? Yes, absolutely. Do you have any questions or concerns? No, I just uh, – it, it was – I'm very – saying – I have mentioned this earlier, but kind of saying it out loud makes it much more uh, – realistic and it, it helps me outline a better approach to it you know because i've always had uh kind of given myself either whether it be for fasting or abstaining from something for 30 days or 60 days uh i've always tried doing those or you know i've done them and i've, I've succeeded sometimes and i've failed sometimes um but i never t- i haven't taken the approach that i think we kind of outline and describe today and and the way we you know, obviously, your approach is is something that is very, I think, can apply to everyone. Terrific. Well, how confident are you that you're never going to eat chocolate after 8 p.m. again, except for holidays between now and the day that you die? A hundred percent. But what I think it was, but I know the food demon is going to try to say otherwise. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, you can all, you all get a copy of the book at NeverBingeAgain.com for free, along with a bunch of other recorded sessions like this one, so you can hear how this works. It's all free, and we do have some paid coaching programs as well if you're curious. NeverBingeAgain.com. Awesome. Uh, Dr. Glenn, thanks again for coming on to Addicted to Fitness and also letting me come on to your show, uh, and I will definitely, when we write our show notes, we will put all your links once again on for this episode. Thanks, and I'll put yours in mine too. Just let me know what they are. All right, Dr. Glenn. Thank you. I'll talk to you. Thanks. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at The ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks. Thanks.